0: Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio.
2: We're back for another episode of Walking the Talk, Truly Living a Course in Miracles. And this is our third episode, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about me, because folks are getting to know me. So I'm uh, an agape-trained practitioner and minister. Many, 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 many years of training to be a practitioner and then a minister. And uh, so Michael Beckwith has been my minister and my teacher since 1994. And I, I so love and appreciate him. And before I found Agape, I found Unity through Eric Butterworth in Manhattan. So I lived in Manhattan for 10 years in the 80s and the early 90s. And I used to walk down to Lincoln Center on Sunday mornings to be with Eric and Olga. And uh, that was my introduction to New Thought. And before I moved to Los Angeles and found Agape, which I did to go to film school, because I'm really a storyteller, and before... Uh, I left to go to Los Angeles and go to USC Film School. My mom said, well, what are you going to do if that doesn't work out? And I said, I'm going to go to Unity Village and study to be a minister. (laughs) So I didn't make it to Unity Village until after I became a minister. And I'm going to be there this week with Gary Renard. I'm really looking forward to it. So we're doing a Living a Course in Miracles retreat there. Thursday, we have a one-day intensive for leaders. And to me, if you are someone who's in a family, you have friends, you're in a community, you're a life coach, you're a parent, you're a mom, you're a dad, you're a teacher. If you're in any of these walks, then you're a spiritual leader. You really are. And that's what this show is all about. That's what everything I offer is all about. It's about stepping up to being a leader. So the first person... And the only person I'm really a leader of is me. So I've actually taken responsibility for my life, which I didn't do for... I was a full-grown adult for decades before I finally said, okay, I'm going to take full responsibility for my life and stop blaming others for how I feel and what happens to me. And that was a huge step in my, my spiritual growth and unfoldment. And for me, it was awakening to spiritual maturity. And spiritual maturity, spiritual sovereignty is something that we... We can't really have until we're willing to take full responsibility. And oftentimes we won't do that until we develop trust in God. And so my topic in my class that I'm offering right now called Living a Course in Miracles, and you can enroll in that. It's a free class, eight weeks, 16 classes at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Our topic this week is trust and faith, and I'm actually going to be doing those two classes live from Unity Village while I'm there with Gary Renard, so livingacourseofmiracles.com. You can get those details and join in for free. Today, my guest on the show is David Hoffmeister, and I met David through the last Living a Course in Miracles teleclass. He's doing it again. He's going to be one of the teachers. He's coming up in a couple of weeks, and you're going to love him. If you haven't already been uh, connected with David, uh, we'll Be inviting him in here in just a moment. David is the author of Awakening Through A Course in Miracles, a beautiful book. And this is the thing that A Course in Miracles offers us it offers every single person who comes in contact with it a way in to that awakening. And so they don't need to make the teacher outside of themselves. The teacher is really within. Seek first the kingdom which is within and all else will be added unto you. And this is what I see is really emerging in new thought is this strong impetus for people to stop looking outside of themselves for the healing and for the teaching and even not to rely on books, not to rely on the book of course and miracles to be the teacher, but to partner up with your own higher self, your own holy self, the holy spirit if you will, and allow divine guidance To be your teacher. And we can't do that if we're not willing to develop trust and faith. So I'm going to encourage everyone this week who is a Course in Miracles student to go to the Manual for Teachers, and it's Chapter 4, Characteristics of God's Teachers, which is one of my favorite sections. What are the characteristics of God's teachers? And the first section is Trust. And it says, this is the foundation on which their ability to fulfill their function rests. So we, we can't really fulfill our destiny, our life, if we're not willing to place our trust in God. And what I find is that people who are not trustworthy will not trust God because we just project that onto God. So if you're the kind of person, and I used to do this, you make commitments you make promises and you don't keep them i live in los angeles and when i first moved to los angeles it was funny because i moved from manhattan so people in new york i'd be talking to my friends in new york on the phone and they'd say what's the difference between los angeles and and new york and i said well people do something very odd out here you'll make a plan with them To be somewhere at a particular place and time, like to go to the movies or go to a party or anything like that. Go to a museum or have lunch. And people just don't show up. And my New York friends were like, what? I said, I know. In L.A., sometimes people just say, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I totally flaked. I totally flaked. And since the advent of the cell phone, people will just send a text message and say, I'm not going to make it. And when I first moved here, it was a bit of, dude, really? Really? Just, you flaked? Is that how you live your life? You know, like, wow, how does that work? What would my life look like if I flaked all the time? And so my experience is people who do not feel a strong faith and trust in God, it's because they don't keep their commitments. They don't keep their word. Now, we can also get into an ego pattern of we have to keep our word, we have to keep our commitment in such a way that it drives us in a very painful way and we become very rigid and very judgmental and we drive ourselves with fear and blame and shame to keep our commitments. So Walking the Talk, this radio show is really about finding the balance between loving yourself and not making commitments that you can't keep. And this is something where I learned if I say or if I hear someone say to me, oh, I'm going to try and be there, that's a signal that lets me know they are not going to be there. (laughs) They're not going to actually be there at all. If they say they're going to try, they're not going to be there. And I think of Yoda in Star Wars who said to Luke Skywalker, don't try, do And so that's, to me, the voice of the Holy Spirit is a lot like Yoda, saying, don't try, do. So don't try to walk your talk. Do it. Do it. And we do it by being loving and compassionate with ourselves when we fall down. But it's about making our commitments and keeping our commitments and being devoted to the walk in faith. And trust in God. So we don't have any reason to judge ourselves. Do I break my commitments sometimes? I do. Of course I do. I'm such a a busy person. I've got so much going on. I've got thousands of people in my classes and in my world and in my spiritual communities. So there's a lot of people who are looking to me for different things. And sometimes I have to say, you know, I thought I would be able to do this and this and this in one day. But now I realize it's too much. So I have to scale back. So I just, if I'm going to change my commitment, I do it in a way that's really loving and confident so I feel that I am in integrity because I am not interested in giving myself any reason to judge myself or anyone else and here's a tip for you if you feel like people are judging you and it bothers you what they're actually doing is they're letting you know that you're judging yourself because Various people judge me from time to time. You know, you can't you can't stand up in front of thousands of people and not have somebody go, I don't like those shoes. I don't like that haircut. I don't like what you're saying. You know, because some people, they go to see you with the whole intent of finding something they don't like that they're going to then throw at you. But if it bothers you, then you know somewhere in you There's an agreement with that. There's a resonance with that. And they're doing you a favor by showing it to you. So if people are yelling at you for not keeping your commitments, if they're disappointed, if they're blaming you and shaming you, and that makes you feel bad, then you can look at that and know that there's something in you that corresponds to it. And your work is not to change their mind, but to change your own. And when you're willing to do your work at that level, you will transform your life so quickly, so powerfully, so beautifully, it'll blow your own hair back. And that's what David Hoffmeister lives in every day. And that's what Awakening Through A Course of Miracles is. That's the kind of commitment that he talks about in his book. So, David, are you there? Yes, I am. Yay. Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm very good. How are you doing, Jennifer?
2: I'm great. So you're in New Mexico right now?
3: Yes, I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and just did a gathering at the Unity Church actually, uh, here and so I I have told some friends to turn into Unity.fm this morning.
2: Oh great, how wonderful. And uh, I'll let people know that in the Living a Course of Miracles teleclass we're doing, your class is going to be on healing. So for people who are interested in using spiritual principle to understand healing in their heart, in their mind, in their body, in whatever area of their life, uh, they can tune in and hear that through, uh, through you, through me at livingacourseinmiracles.com. Coming up soon. But today we're going to talk about a Course in Miracles around the world. And we haven't talked about this, so I'm I'm interested to hear what you have to share. Because you have traveled how many countries now?
3: I think it's about twenty six countries so far. And I've got two more on the horizon uh, as far as Mexico and China.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of Course of Miracles students in Mexico.
3: Yes, I've heard that uh, Mexico City and uh, Buenos Aires uh, apparently have the most Course in Miracles groups in the world as far as cities. And uh, there's just lots of people I've heard in the the Mexican uh, prison system. There was a woman down there near Mexico City who got the course in the Mexico prison system maybe over a decade ago, and there's been early paroles and people have had huge turnarounds. And, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything... It's even better than being a captive audience, so to speak, and having a book like A Course in Miracles uh, in front of you. That's a pretty powerful combination.
2: Wow, that sounds so fantastic. You and I have talked about uh, I have this strong intention that at some point I'd like to do some forgiveness work in the prisons, but I didn't even think about teaching A Course in Miracles there. Have you? Do you know anyone who does that?
3: Yeah, I've actually been uh, in contact with a number of people. I think, uh, as far as Course in Miracles history, uh, Bob Scutch, who's who's part of the board at the Foundation for Inner Peace, uh, he went in in the early days when the course was first published. He was he was over, I believe, at Alcatraz, it not Alcatraz, was San Quentin, I believe, um, and he's maintained the prison ministry I think for many years there. And I know of other ministries uh, that are in uh, Wisconsin and, and uh, different friends that I've known over the years who have uh, just taken the course into uh, prisons. And right now, um, Joe Wolf, who's in, based in Chicago with Spirit Outreach, Spirit Light Outreach, he is actually uh, doing one of the strongest prison ministries where he's, he's sending course books for free into a number of prisons, and I know there's hundreds and hundreds of prisoners that are in direct contact with him. So he's going to be speaking at the same conference that we're speaking at, so uh, maybe you can hook up with him and he can really uh, send you in the direction there.
2: Yes, and and let's uh, encourage other people to consider as an act of service to see if they could reach out to even a... Oh, I'm thinking of halfway houses in different places where they might be able to take these teachings in. Because people, a lot of people, once they get tuned into A Course in Miracles, they immediately want to start sharing it. And so they sometimes try and coerce their friends and their family into studying these teachings, and friends and family can sometimes be reluctant. So maybe going to a more captive audience, if you will.
3: Yeah, I think one of the best uh, examples is in the Course in Miracles where Jesus says that he is in charge of the atonement and he will direct where to bestow the miracles. So that's a great point that you bring up, that a lot of times just through this sense of enthusiasm and, and almost like wanting to convince friends and family and relatives uh, that the ego can slip in there and and want to, in a sense, it's almost a little bit of proselytizing, and, and yet it comes out of a, like an early enthusiasm, but it's really not guided by the Holy Spirit. And what happens is people get you know, doors slammed in their face and, and hanging up on phones and, and some pretty sharp negative uh, reactions, and they think, wow, I just really was enthusiastic and wanted to share that something that's really touched me. And what happens is uh, they really haven't been guided by the Holy Spirit to share it. Uh, there's not really the ears to hear. And then there's a sharp reflection back, uh, quite a negative reflection. And, and that's just, again, the the student or the practitioner or the teacher should take that right back to mind and go, Oh, Holy Spirit, please, you guide the way. I will step back and let you lead the way and tell me where to go and who to go to uh, to share these ideas. And that's, that's actually very essential uh, because that's, like you said, based on trust and inner listening to the higher self, and that's what it's all about.
2: Yes, indeed. We are uh, about to take a break. And what I would love to do after the break, David, is we'll see if we have any callers. The call-in number is 888 888- Five five eight six four eight nine. see if anybody has a question for you and I am really interested in hearing some of your experience in other parts of the world and what other people are doing and how it compares so we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with David Hoffmeister author of Awakening Through a Course in Miracles
0: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
4: Any a situation seems confusing or hopeless... Most likely, I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God. Affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance, I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above. Expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do, I allow my spirit to soar.
0: This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today, online at dailyword.com. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Thank you for tuning in for Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley.
2: So we're back with David Hoffmeister, and I want to give you the number to call in, 888-558-6489. It doesn't change from week to week, so if you ever want to call in and ask a question of one of my guests, next week my guest will be Chris Cade, who's also one of the teachers of Living a Course in Miracles, the class at com. and Chris is a wonderful spiritual teacher. He's got a lot of insight for us, but right now we're talking about Course of Miracles around the world with David Hoffmeister. So David, what can you just name some of the more um, adventurous uh, countries that you've been in where you've had some it really interesting experiences with the course?
3: Well, it started out for me after the United States of going to Canada quite a bit in the 1990s, but uh, in the early 2000s, um, I was invited to Argentina, and so that kind of began this experience of going places where I didn't speak the language and having all these translators show up and and being hosted in people's homes and kind of whisked around the countries. Uh so I'd say there's been some great adventures uh, in South America, and then a little bit after that going to uh, to Europe and the South Pacific, and and then just kind of just going wherever the invitation was very strong. So uh, I would say off the bat, it's just went going to Argentina, the culture uh, that was so different from up here in the United States, and and one of the things that... Struck my attention right away was they, in Buenos Aires. They really didn't have like stop signs and uh, not many traffic <laughs> lights at all. And you were talking about you know uh, people flaking out. Imagine if the if a city of fifteen and a half million people, like about four times the size of Sydney, Australia, uh, with no uh, stop signs and uh, no traffic lights, very few traffic lights. So that was one of the things that struck me right away. Was that wow when I was in these taxicab rides going to all these Course in Miracles gatherings, that I noticed that the drivers were very telepathic. <laughs> and they, they told really? me that they had to be, otherwise their cars would be smashed up. <laughs> and I just was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And so a lot of the, the economy had crashed down there, and we had people like doctors and lawyers and teachers that were driving cabs because that was the only job that, that they could get. And they were very telepathic and and they told me forgiveness uh, stories of, of having cars smashed up and then thinking they would go to court over it and then finally just getting this guidance from the Spirit, you know, to forgive and let it go. So that was one of the things that just really immediately uh, grabbed my attention of, like, this is a great adventure down here.
2: I should say, and... You said that Buenos Aires has more, and Mexico City have more Course in Miracles study groups than any other city in the world?
3: Yes, that's it. Uh, it was They had quit counting uh, by the time I was down in Buenos Aires, and then I've, I've talked to friends who have been to Mexico City, and they say it's the same thing. It's, it's like a proliferation or a, just a, a huge expansion of groups, and uh, nobody can even keep track of it. There's so many.
2: What do you attribute that to?
3: well I think the the Spanish culture has just always really been open to jesus Christ and mm-hmm. uh, I think that people who go through a lot of extreme conditions and they find that this world is not providing answers and the the hierarchies of of popes and cardinals and bishops uh, is is not really working, and they find that that the penance and you know some of those we call say ego based uh, concepts and, and ideas that they just don't work at all to bring them happiness and joy and, and bring them to the kingdom of heaven. So I think that the combination between that deep love of Jesus and the dissatisfaction with the false teachings of Jesus has driven people you know, into the Course where they just are, are into true love and forgiveness and really coming into a sense of non-duality and, and love and oneness.
2: Yes, and those those uh, Latino cultures also are very oriented in the family, very oriented in gathering together and celebrating.
3: Yes, I think that's that's true. They, it's almost like a course in miracles. Even though it's it's talked about as a self study book, that they actually make, take great advantage of of the course groups and course gatherings, um, and they pour their hearts out and and really get into that transparency and exposure and disclosure that we know is so essential for healing.
2: Right. Right. And what about some of the Mediterranean countries? What, what are the course groups there like?
3: Well, it's interesting. Um, I've done some gatherings like in uh, the south of France, um, and they were quite open. I found that... Um, when i spoke uh and just let it pour through for a number of hours that they they actually just cheered at the end <laughs> like they were so <laughs> ready for this message maybe it was i mean from the centuries of of catholicism and and some other uh, expressions of christianity that that again were not satisfying so I would say that, that some of the Mediterranean countries of Spain, I've, I've been there a number of times in Madrid and in the mountains outside of Madrid and Mallorca, uh, an island off the coast of um, eastern Spain. And they were very, very open and receptive and so open that I've, I did a four-week retreat and a six-week retreat, which is very unusual for me and, and it worked out perfect. But again, the. the they're kind of burned out in Europe in general over the, we'll say, misuse and abuse of the Christian teachings. Mm -hmm. Um, They they feel like a lot of people have turned away from the church and and moved more towards atheism, actually, because there's been like a, a huge revolt against organized religion, and people have left the churches in droves. So there's pockets of people that are just really thirsty for a deeper, uh, experience that they that they were going for before, but never found. So I find it's there's quite a strong receptivity over there uh, in those Mediterranean countries.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. And do they they st- st- what hmm, do they study it in their native tongue, or both, or English and?
3: Yeah, I would say there are, are quite a few English-speaking people in most of the European countries that I have visited. Although, with uh, it took a long time to get the translation into French because uh, mm-hmm. there was lots of difficulties. Of, um, of for example, they have l'esprit; uh, they have the same word for the spirit and the mind. And as you know from a Course in Miracles. Jesus is talking about the spirit, and then he's talking about the mind, the right mind, the wrong mind, the divine mind, mm-hmm. uh, the mind of God, the mind of Christ. You know, he's got all kinds of variations mm-hmm. of, his use of mind, and they just have one word over there for all of them. So it, it took many, many years of a lot of work to try to come up with a good translation in French, but I would say, with, there's German, there's Finland. All the Scandinavian countries have their own uh, translations of the course, and and the course in Spanish is is really uh, Rosa Maria Wynn was the translator, and she she was guided to use we'll say Spain Spanish as opposed to like uh, Latin America, like Mexico or Central America or South America Spanish, and each variation has their own dialect like we have different dialects here in the United Mm -hmm. States of Southern and New Englander and and Northwestern and so forth and so it's uh, you know you have those language uh, little idiosyncrasies that enter into the picture.
2: Yeah it's interesting because I I was talking about this in my Sunday service how speaking about the Bible for instance uh, when I was in ministerial school, I'm not a Bible scholar and I was never raised as a Christian so I, I never started going to church still, until I started going to Unity Services with Eric Butterworth in Manhattan And um, but in, in ministerial school Rocco Errico, his who is a Bible scholar out of Atlanta, he used to be in LA um, was one of my teachers and he taught us that For instance, Jesus spoke in the language of Aramaic, the language of the people, but the scholars wrote it down in Hebrew, and then it got translated into Greek and to Latin, and then, of course, into German and English. And so all these different interpretations, and, of course, each interpreter having a someone with a political agenda standing over them, <laughs> and uh, and Hebrew being a language that has no punctuation. So all of these translations can get quite complicated, and that's why we have to rely on our divinity to hear what's true.
3: Yeah, you make a very good point that, that I've, as I've gone to other countries, um, for example... Um, I have friends in Argentina who who study the book in English, which is the original language in which it was uh, given to Helen Chuckman, and also in Spanish. and uh, they'll go back and forth between the translations and and really look for places where perhaps a better word would come in and and uh, from what I understand, the Spanish version is is going through a revision with Rosa Maria Wynn uh, through feedback that she's been receiving. But I always tell people the same thing you've said, is that, that ultimately we have to rely on the higher self, on the Holy Spirit, uh, to really interpret it for us. And, and really that's the one thing you can say about the Course, is really the Holy Spirit and Jesus are the ones that that have the experience of what the Course is pointing towards. So obviously they're the ones that are the best guides <laughs> to coming to that experience and that meaning and understanding at which the course aims.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. And so here's a question for you. I am I'm really interested in going to Ireland and to the UK, partly because I'm of Irish and English heritage and I have not yet been to Ireland, though I've been to England a few times, and I've I haven't been as a as a teacher, so I've been as a tourist, so in Ireland, for instance, where there's been not in immediate recent history so much, but certainly you know for decades so much unrest between the product or you know so many years of unrest in between the Protestants and the Catholics, how is the course in miracles there
3: well it's Coming along, um, I would say that, uh, like Gary Renard and I have been there, uh, I've been there for multiple visits, and um, I would say that, that there's starting to be an, an opening to, a very strong opening to new thought teachings. I know you've probably heard of the Abraham material and Esther Hicks. I know she's been over there. Mm-hmm. I know that, that there's been some very popular teachers um that, that teach more of the new thought teachings that have come and have had a very strong reception in like uh, in Dublin, for example. And so as far as A Course in Miracles, um, there's pockets of groups, you know, around uh, the the island. Um, I've actually done a retreat, uh, a couple of retreats, weekend retreats. One was down in a little tiny town called Tipperary. And so there's there's more and more of a receptivity but it's it's much more in pockets as far as with the Course in Miracles. Uh the the people there are are very thrilled with these teachings and and feel like they're drawn to them because they have witnessed, you know, decades of of fighting between the Protestants and the Catholics and and for them, you know, religion many people it just has a bad taste in their mouth when they say the word because uh, it's been so associated with conflict and fighting. And then to have a teaching that's coming, and it's really purely non-dual. It's focusing on the, the union of mind, the unity of mind. Uh, it's its like a breath of fresh air. But I'd say in terms of A Course in Miracles, it's relatively new. So as far as Course in Miracles teachers going over, uh, like yourself, uh, I'm sure Gary and I could give you some really good introductions and leads <laughs> on where to go. <laughs>
2: Good. Well, I'm intent on on doing that, and visiting some of the Celtic sacred sites there.
3: Yes, and in terms of England, they have a, the Miracles Network is very long running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Patrick and a great crew of people over there. You know, they have a nonprofit going there in London, and and they really do things in in Scotland and in Ireland and and different parts of the United Kingdom over there. It's quite well uh, connected. So um, he's just a great uh, contact as well. He's been speaking at some of these national conferences, and he's a good friend of mine. And they actually are having a a Course in Miracles conference uh, next April. So um, that would be a beautiful lead-in to actually go there, and people come from all over the U.K. to their uh, annual conference. So I think that that would be a really good lead-in too.
2: Oh, wonderful. Yeah, there are so many great things that are happening for Course in Miracles students all over the world. And I really encourage folks to find opportunities to gather with other Course students. And sometimes, you know, it can be really challenging in the small groups to study the Course. I know in the Living a Course in Miracles class we did before, Paul Farini was sharing some of the challenges that he had you know twenty five thirty years ago in in course of miracles groups and and uh and I uh, Gary has written about that in disappearance of the universe because you're with it's like any kind of relationship where you're with people for the purpose of spiritual healing and growth and so naturally some of the people in the group you'll have this tremendous affinity for and then other ones you feel repul- repel- repulsed or repelled by them and you just you, non-stop judgment going back and forth and it's all for our healing and sometimes people just avoid that they have an aversion to it and Yet I really maintain that it is actually faster and easier to do our spiritual healing in community than it is to go off and be in some cave by yourself.
3: Yeah, it it is definitely very supportive. I mean, all things in form are, are symbols to us, but we can say some of those symbols and configurations seem to be very nurturing and supportive, especially when there's a lot of fear about the material and. The ego is not so happy about where this is all heading, <laughs> because it's heading to it's an experience of pure spirit and and the non existence of the ego. So, it's of course going to be stirred up uh, in these we we'll say relationships that unfold in in Course in Miracles groups. And I just have found I mean I've gone around the country and I've really felt really honored and privileged to be invited to so many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of course groups. Uh, and just show up and kind of pray the prayer, you know, at the beginning of the course about I'm here only to be truly helpful and and just show up and really let the Spirit kind of take the whole group or the whole session. And I think that's that's probably the most important thing. David, um,
2: I've got to interrupt you right now. We're going to our break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with David Hoffmeister talking about A Course in Miracles around the world.
4: Today I stand firmly in my faith. I meet life courageously and confidently, seeing beyond appearances to underlying good. Through faith I overcome every limitation. I know that God's power within me is greater than any situation I may have to meet or overcome. God is greater than any condition or circumstance. Through faith I am fearless and free.
0: This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com.
5: Jesus taught us that it is our Divine Creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: You've been listening to Living A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with a community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day, in every way. Now, back to Living A Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk.
2: Yes, please join us at Facebook, and you can uh, write your intention for the day. Comment on others. We've got a wonderful community there, and we're talking with David Hoffmeister about a Course in Miracles around the world. David, you were talking about the introduction to to uh, that many people use in study groups.
3: Yes, yeah, it's it's a thing where. Uh, people get in there, and if you have that prayer and intention and purpose out front, it seems to make it a very meaningful experience. And, and like anything else, if uh, if you go there and the ego wants to fall into rituals and and ways of, of kind of avoiding uh, the, those deep connections, then it, ego will try to, to uh, diffuse the whole experience. And uh, so it's always important to have the purpose out front.
2: Absolutely. I'm I'm a big believer in prayer and intention. And I find all the time that when people come to me and they're upset about something, uh, it, it could be anything that they've participated in. And I say, well, when you went into that, what was your intention? What was your prayer? And very often people say, oh, gosh, I didn't have one, you know. And When we, I call it partnering up, when we partner up with the divine, with a holy intention, with holy clarity, then throughout our experience, we're inviting in that divine insight and guidance so that we're not trying to just operate on our own, separate, figuring things out, and we can literally hear the divine guidance so much more clearly. True. It's
3: really so important.
2: Yeah, I, I take prayer into everything and uh, I actually, I teach classes in prayer from time to time and I uh, I don't know if you know this about me, David, but I record a prayer every day. I call it my power prayer for today and I send out a link to it by email and I also offer that phone number to people so people can get all that information and sign up for the daily prayer email i call it my spiritual espresso email and uh, it's like a shot of uh, spiritual espresso <laughs> yeah beautiful reminders
3: beautiful
2: you can sign yeah. up for that at jenniferhadley.com if, if for anyone who's listening that finds uh they're interested in that level of spiritual support daily mm, Beautiful. so to, we've got a few minutes left here what other countries uh can you tell us some interesting experiences you've had? Well, what about Africa?
3: I have been in contact with uh people in uh Cape Town and Johannesburg, uh Africa. And um interestingly enough, uh there, there is quite a lot of Course in Miracles activity going down there in South Africa. But it's as far as world trips and tours, um, not really on the way to any place it's, uh, unless you're going down to antarctica or something you know uh and so it's i've had some wonderful contacts and it's kind of on my list of um you know planning to go down there at some point um china is coming up and um that will be very interesting uh because there is quite a bit of uh censorship and and uh, they don't even call them Course in Miracles groups. I believe they call them X groups over there, or something like that. Huh. Um, it's very much of an underground, but it's very strong. I find there's a lot of people around the country practicing a Course in Miracles and taking the teachings very, very deeply. And we know China has a, a deep, deep tradition of spirituality. Uh, they they don't really have a like the Judeo Christian Um, theologies and teachings, but they're very open to self-realization and enlightenment and deep teachings on that. So they seem to be taking to the teachings of the Course uh, very well with the Mandarin Chinese being the main language that the Course was uh, translated into. I'd say, um, I I think Australia, I've been down there six consecutive years because the invitation has been so strong. And there's a lot of um, teachers that around the course and around the self-realization and enlightenment that has passed through uh, right along the East coast of uh, Australia. And I find uh, Australia is kind of known as like the rebel colony <laughs> from Great Britain down there, but that actually serves as well because people oftentimes who, who don't conform and who have a strong rebel tendency um, actually the spirit can pull that around and say, yeah, uh, let's start questioning the status quo of the ego and let's go down and get to the underpinnings here and there's just a great uh, openness and friendliness uh, down in Australia, New Zealand and people are very deeply authentic and uh, and facing the fears as they're coming up and really willing to, to turn them over to the Holy Spirit so it's been just great experiences uh, there and and in North America, all around the United States and Canada. I mean, I've just done some recent uh, gatherings up in Western Canada, and Vancouver Island, and there's a there's a great opening, uh, little pockets here and there. But particularly uh, that little island, Vancouver Island. I've I've really enjoyed quite a few uh, visits up there, um, and I just go where there's a strong invitation, because there's really it's just for a one's own mind, and we're not really actually trying to spread the course. It's more just uh, open up and clear away the uh, obstacles and just shine the light uh, and just go where there's a strong invitation.
2: Well, that's the thing to me. Some some course students really get hung up on trying to convince other people to see the illusion, the dreamlike nature, and separation and... it feels to me sometimes like they have an ego attachment to convincing other people versus just walking the talk, being the peace, being the love, being the joy.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good point in the sense that we've kind of coined the phrase metaphysical ghosting to mean that if you start to share ideas um, from the Course that, that you're working with, And you haven't actually had the experience of it—the real, deep, deep, authentic experience of it—then we call that metaphysical ghosting. It's like trying to, trying to uh, almost proselytize or extend some ideas, uh, you know, like from Lesson One, you know, thirty-two, the the line "There is no world," or, um, you know, it's those kind of ideas where people go around and will say it's all an illusion anyway, and so on and so forth but they haven't actually had that experience. Mm -hmm. And then it's interesting that someone like Jesus Christ, for example, who actually has that experience, he didn't go around (laughs) saying saying those things even. Uh, He demonstrated the purity of God and the love of God, and I think that's the the key line in the Course, to teach is to demonstrate. It doesn't mean that you should go around and try to verbally... uh, knock people over the head with uh, ideas that have not been experienced for oneself. So I think that's a beautiful point you bring up.
2: To teach is to demonstrate. And that's, that's the thing is, we know that on an intellectual level that no matter where we're going, what we're doing, what we're saying, we are always teaching the efficacy of our choices. So if we're encouraging people, inviting them or coercing them to study A Course in Miracles or to join with us in our study of A Course in Miracles, but we're demonstrating manipulation and judgment, then we're we're going to be teaching the efficacy of that, no matter what. And those who are interested in finding new ways to judge people might be drawn in by that and People who look at us and say, "Hmm, they don't actually seem to be walking the talk." I don't know if they've got anything for me. So it's 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 you can always tell how well you're doing by how people are responding.
3: Yeah, I, I was one time in Miramar, Argentina, and and it was a group of people in a cafe and. Uh, they, the first question I received was, I have heard that it says in the introduction to the course that this is a required course, and they said, what does that mean? And I said, well, it's just that, that this universal love, this agape love that we shared, is, is reached through forgiveness, through releasing grievances and hurts and judgments, and, and we come to the love through forgiveness, and in that sense, forgiveness is a requirement As far as the Course as a book, I tell them, you know, it's just one path among many, many, many pathways that are beautiful, beautiful, legitimate pathways. And when I travel around, I I meet a lot of people that have pathways that are not A Course in Miracles. In fact, most of the people I meet around the world in buses and trains and planes and so forth as I'm traveling, you know, are not Course in Miracles students and have never even heard of the book. So... (laughs) I think that's really important in the sense that I'm, I just rejoice with them in our oneness and whether they believe in God or not, whether they call themselves atheists or agnostics or believers or non-believers or whatever, it's my task, my uh, calling really to just shine the light and to love everyone that I meet and so that makes it real simple.
2: It is that simple, and we are, we are just coming to the end of our program here. It goes by so fast. It is that simple, walking the talk, and David, in our Living a Course in Miracles class, which people can get the information at com. You're coming up later in October. You're going to teach the class on healing or offer your thoughts on that in in relationship to the course um, in the last class, one of the things that Marcy Shaimov shared was placing our hands on our hearts. So I'm going to invite everyone to do that right now and take a breath of gratitude with me as we set the intention to walk our talk again. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way.
4: What if everything on the big TV screen of life could be interpreted metaphysically? What do current events and popular culture signal back to the collective soul of nations and individuals? Join us every Friday for New World Radio. Bringing Unity's teachings to the issues of today. The Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett and her weekly guest Christopher Naughton take you on a holistic worldview journey with special guests, real issues, and your phone calls and comments. New World Radio with Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett. Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia
5: Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to
0: change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
5: Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio?
0: Tom Shepard? Isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy?
5: Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy.
0: Edgy? Like what?
5: Guest panelists, discussing things like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care.
0: Yeah, but they'll all be unity people, right?
5: Oh, no, no, no. He has a list of upcoming guests that sounds like a roll call of the Interfaith Council. Rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better. he's going to introduce a topic and let them go for it imagine having a rabbi and a catholic priest talking about jesus as a jew or asking a biblical literalist to explain creationism to a liberal christian bible scholar
0: this could get explosive does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights <laughs>
5: if i know dr tom he'll keep it both friendly and spirited Whoa,
0: I gotta hear this. When and where?
5: The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it.
0: Definitely let's.